This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Hi, it's uh, Pat and Stu. I'm Pat, and that's Stu. And uh, then you got the blob, the blob over there. Yo, that's like actually would be a good uh, sign. Uh, the blob, the and blob. Yeah, you know, just yeah, uh, would. in the future. Mm-hmm. That's something we can we can work in the rotation. I think. Okay, just I uh, like it. Just helping you out. I'm not saying anything about you. I'm just saying that that would be a funny sign. I understand. I heard what you said. It's not a reflection on you. It's just, uh, well, I mean, there's, there'd be, well, I guess there could be some connection you know, based on the sign behind you now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. Uh, there's an executive order that will begin construction of the border wall. Yeah. How about that? President Donald Trump will be announcing executive orders on border security uh, today including that which would begin construction on the border wall with Mexico. He seemed to confirm the report uh, with his official Twitter account. Big day planned on national security, all in bold letters. Uh, So, you know, he said it really loudly and really strongly. Um, National security. So it sounded like that if he were talking. Among many other things, we will build the wall. Uh, it's interesting because both Pat and I are on record on national television and radio mm. saying that we will eat our underwear. Uh, and <laughs> I believe, I don't know if we said gym socks for that one, but I don't think our, we did. Eat our underwear if mm-hmm. he builds the wall. And then we said, you know what? We'll give him 5% of the wall uh, that he doesn't even have to build. But he, doesn't, he just has to come close to building the wall. Right. Um, and d- I don't feel nervous. Not a bit. No. Not a bit. No. So we'll see. I mean, I'm, I, he will build something. Uh, because he will want to say that he built the wall, um, and he will say, I built it in all the important mm. places, but he will not build a wall across and the And he will border. say, okay, so it wasn't a wall, it was a fence, and the uh, fence was a foot and a half high. 
and people just step over it now. But I built something there, and nobody else has, or whatever. I mean, look, this is a no-lose situation for us, because if he doesn't build the wall, we don't have to eat our underwear. If he does build the wall, that's what we want. And it's worth it to us to eat our underwear we want it so badly. So... It's a win-win. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Not I'm especially good if he builds the wall. I want yes, him be to build the wall. I mean, I, you know, I would, I would actually prefer a fence, uh, personally. Uh, a fence yeah. over a wall? Yes. Uh, I like the, uh, the Duncan Hunter uh, built a, what you would yeah, pretty much Duncan call. Yeah, Duncan Hunter wall was the double fence. Thing. Yeah, the double fence with a road in between. Um, and uh, worked really well. It worked really well. You know, I mean, I do not think you need... I mean, you know, a wall fence. I know it's not necessarily that important, but I, I think I'd a rather save the cost. I think it would be, be mm-hmm. just as effective to build a fence. And uh, also, I don't know if I need a. Oh, I know he calls it beautiful, and, but I, I don't think the idea of a beautiful. For, I mean, he he was describing it during the campaign as a forty-foot wall across the entire border. Um, now we didn't give any uh, any uh, you know any uh you know standard for the height he doesn't necessarily have to build it 40 feet that's just what he was talking about during the campaign mm-hmm. but i don't really want a 40 foot wall on the border with mexico i just don't i don't know it's just like this is something i just don't like about it i'd rather have a fence i think a fence is just as effective it's certainly a lot cheaper and i, I think better you know what a wall would be is just a nice graffiti holder yeah can you <laughs> imagine what be... that thing would look like especially oh, on the man. mexican side oh uh, my gosh uh, in a month would not be pretty. Uh, it really wouldn't. And you're not going to be able to b- build a wall in some places. And that's why I, I was a little perplexed that he kept saying a wall. I mean, if you're going to build something, it's going to be a fence. You're not, you're not going to... The wall will be cost prohibitive. They're already talking about $12 billion to build the wall. $12 billion. Now, the double fence is expensive, but it's nowhere near that kind of money. And you don't have to worry about the aesthetics. It's a double fence. It's to keep people out. Shut up. Let's not worry about it. And it's not going to get graffitied. Right? No, well, yeah. Nobody it's, it's, it's pretty ineffective to yeah. chain link fence. Graf- yes. Put graffiti on it. So, anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Um, Trump told his aides that the wall remains top priority, and he will personally oversee aspects of the project uh, and the construction. That'd be interesting. Get him down there at the, wall, at the border with a hard hat. Looking well, at the various aspects. You know, to him, he's the biggest, you know, the best builder in the world. Yeah, he and, is. Uh, you know, so he, he, I mean, he would obviously, that's one thing he actually does have some experience with as part related to this job. Right. Um, not that I right. necessarily want him overseeing, I mean, it's kind of a small, a small potatoes, I guess, for him to be overseeing the actual For the president to do that, but yeah. He, but he does, I mean, you know, maybe this is a good sign that he'd want to get it done and it would get done. At mm-hmm. least, I mean, I do expect him to do something, right? I mean, he can't go yeah. through this whole campaign. He has to, right? I, maybe he can. I don't know. Maybe he can. I would think he has to do well, I would say it's possible. Here's what I think he's going to do. Say he built the wall and then just, when people go mm. down and take pictures of it, he'll just say they're fake. <laughs> I would not put that past. That's the way to do it. There's a wall covering the entire border. When you go down and you cross the border with no wall, he'll just say, I built it. It's beautiful. Finished it two weeks ago. Well, no, people were just down there. They're lying. It's the press. Yeah, I could see him doing that. Can you see him doing that? Uh, Anyway, he's also expected to order temporary bans on uh, refugees. Uh, starting today, include a, a temporary ban on most refugees and a suspension of visas for citizens of Syria 
six other Middle Eastern uh, and African countries, according to congressional aides. Uh, Trump, you know, of course, tweeted that it's a big day, uh, has, uh, is expected to ban for several months the entry of refugees, except for religious minorities escaping prosecution. Would, would that include Muslims from terrorist nations? No, well, not with minorities, right? No. Religious minorities, that's his little... Oh, of course, there. yeah. So, so he's saying as, maybe Christians from mm -hmm. that region would still be, uh, you know, if they're escaping persecution, maybe they can be the ones that uh, arrive here in the United States. Uh, but although he, during the campaign, said he would not do that. I don't know that, I think he did reverse, I don't remember which, uh, which particular, uh, you know, stance he kind of ended on on that one. But I know at mm -hmm. the beginning he was saying, well, because initially he said no Muslims. Then he said he made some exceptions for like celebrities. Then he <laughs> said uh, he um, wanted it to be a situation where he wanted after people talked to him, he found it falling back to only certain regions of the countries. So mm -hmm. it was like, oh well, you know, not not Syria because Syria there's obviously a lot of terrorism, so no one from Syria. So that would catch obviously in that bucket all the Muslims, but it would also uh, catch Christians who uh, were trying to escape Muslim extremists. Um, and I think that was a problem with that one. I don't know where he added on that policy. Then there was the there. extreme vetting. It seemed like that was yeah. Then we that's to where they vetting. wound up. Sort of was extreme. So they vetting. can come, but it's just extreme vetting. Yeah, but if if they do a temporary ban, that's that's interesting. He's he's going to get a lot of flack for that. Um, speaking of flack, a Secret Service agent is saying now she would not take a bullet for Donald Trump, which is kind of a problem if you're a. Uh, Secret Service agent working on the presidential detail. They expect you to uh, to be willing to do that. Uh, but she says she wouldn't. Uh, she's made public uh, multiple public criticisms of Trump on Facebook over the past seven months. She said she'd rather go to jail than take a bullet for Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, she mm. obviously supported Clinton, uh, decried Trump's sexism. Uh, in an interview with the Washington Examiner, she said uh, she eventually removed the Facebook post she did not, since she did not want to imply that she would not take a bullet for Trump. Of course, she didn't imply it. She actually just she said, said it. it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was an internal struggle for me, but as soon as I put it up, I thought it was not the sentiment I needed to share. You think? I care very deeply about the mission. Mm. She also said that someone who's sexually, uh, who was sexually, she said that as someone who was sexually assaulted in college, her post was an emotional reaction to a leaked mm. audio recording from 2005, the old grabbing the genitals, uh, Billy Bush thing. That's um, understandable. I will say, uh, probably should not be uh, secret service. At least I don't. I was going to say on a secret service, maybe mm -hmm. there's a role, but it should, certainly should not be pr uh, protecting the president. I mean, I, you can't have someone who even insinuated mm -hmm. that in a, in a post that was a mistake. doesn't mean necessarily right. she needs to go to prison or to go uh, to lose her job even. But, I mean, she should probably at least be moved to a different Nowhere place. near Trump, that's yeah, for sure. You can't. She is, I think, right? She, was, she actually was, uh, uh, worked in Denver, I think, or in Colorado, right? I think she was one of the... <laughs> I'm not sure where that, she worked. Yeah, I think she was one of the people that. Uh, like I said, so it's not an issue. Make then. sure it's not a day to day. Right. Issue, like if right. she goes, but if he goes to Denver, it's an issue. Right? Sure, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I yeah. think in those situations, I think you'd have to come up with somebody else. I mean, that's as, as much as I'm sure she would take a bullet. I'm sure she would say that, and I'm sure she means it. If you outwardly say you're not going to do your yeah. job, you can't risk it. I mean, hey, let's hope she doesn't have to. And B, yes. bye. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, also, there's a, a uh, an article out now about why the White House, under Barack Obama, picked mm. uh, Anita Dunn 
to go to war with uh, with Fox. Yeah, this is a little bit of a flashback, which is interesting because now the media is very upset that Donald Trump would go after certain individual reporters or networks mm -hmm. and, and single them out. Mm -hmm. um, and th that was not their concern back in the day. This is from, I think, uh, I think it's New York Magazine. Uh, this weekend, this is back from 2009, White House Communications Director Anita Dunn forthrightly declared war on Fox News. Some people thought she might have gone a little too far in explaining uh, the understanding of the Obama administration that they didn't deal directly with the right-leaning network. One almost, ex uh, almost expected to see a clarification of the remarks afterwards as Fox anchors like Bill O'Reilly and Glenn Beck uh, gleefully ran with a story. <laughs> but of course, Dunn's statements had been carefully scripted by the Obama team, as is pretty much everything you hear from them except things that are supposed to be off the record. And what's more, Dunn herself was selected to fire off the opening salvo for a specific reason. On a strategy team largely dominated by men, she's acknowledged to be the toughest member. goes on and on about how they, in the Obama White House, decided they were just going to wage war against uh, Fox News and mm -hmm. uh, try to freeze them out of everything, attack them whenever necessary, not treat them like a real media organization. All of the things that Donald Trump... And they Trump, did all of that. Yep. All the things. And they went further and actually uh, had people in the administration boycotting and advocating for boycotts of Glenn specifically. Mm -hmm. um, but all of the same things that Donald Trump is now doing to them and the other people in the media, and no one seems to really care. No one seems to care that, that the Obama administration did the same thing back in 2009. Now, I don't think it's right they for They care either. now, surprisingly. Yeah, they care now. All they of a sudden, then. they're all upset about that. Yeah. How now, dare he? He is going further hmm. in that he's attacking more, more networks. He's not just attacking one network, but more importantly, he's not just attacking one network that the left and the rest of the media doesn't like. He's right. now attacking their friends, now attacking mm -hmm. them, and they don't like that approach. Um, they certainly deserve that approach. Uh, however, I would say I don't like it in either situation. I mean, I, you know, from the, remember that one thing that we have to keep clear here is that both uh, Donald Trump and Sean Spicer work for us. It's their job to try to get us information about all the crap that they're doing, um, good and bad, at the White House. And so, you know, media wars don't serve that end. You know, them attacking specific networks and not doing interviews and freezing people out, I understand why you do it. I would be tempted to do it if I was in their position. But again, these are jobs that are supposed, we, we pay the salaries so that they serve the people. And I don't like that this becomes the game that we're all involved in. But that is where we are and both sides do it. It sure doesn't seem like they work for us, does it? It just seems now like uh, the tables have turned and they've, they've, they turned a long time ago. But it seems like we're their servants now. Like we are supposed to serve the administration. Like we serve the government. It's, it just doesn't feel like a government of, by, and for the people anymore. It does not at all. Uh, not well, I mean, you, you, we, we had a clip uh, earlier, um, and I think it might be in the show. Do we have the Kellyanne Conway clip somewhere, Marissa, today? Because um, oh, um, there's a clip uh, from Kellyanne Conway where she says... The media and Donald Trump have joint custody of the nation. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? No, Kellyanne, that's no. not the case. That is not true at all. Exactly her words, that, that the Trump administration and media are, have joint custody. Now, the headline went further because it said they co-parent. I never heard her say that, but they, she did say joint custody of the nation. As if they are our parent and they tell us what to do, and they control us. And none of that is the way this government was set up. None of it. And you would think Kellyanne Conway, who began her 
at least this portion of her career with Ted Cruz, and who is a, a small, limited government guy, you would think she would know better, wouldn't you? You would I think mean, she wouldn't be saying incendiary things like that. It's just her job, right? I mean, I, I you guess know, you know. I mean, it's, I guess it's crazy. I, that though. is, by the way, is not an excuse for her. It's an explanation. Yeah, uh, I do not excuse her activities here at all. I know a lot of people do. Um, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, even the Saturday Night Live caricature of her is, oh, I can't believe I'm in the middle of this mess and I have to do this. I, I mean, isn't that just a BS point? Yes. She obviously likes it. Yes. I mean, she obviously is in the middle of this mm. and enjoys it for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, t- twisting people's words and, and lying about this stuff and saying things like that, I mean, that is that is not something that someone who even has even, I don't know, been in the same state as the Constitution uh, would ever consider to be a rational thought. It's then, what Trump demands, though, but it's from what his Trump, people. Trump demands. In fact, that's uh, you know, we actually have this coming up. Maybe we can do this in a minute. A really interesting analogy of what Trump expects of his people, like Kellyanne Conway, like Sean Spicer. Uh, and you see this, I think, in a real way uh, every single day now mm-hmm. because Trump, I mean, th- th- there's a real, th- there's been several reports now that Trump, was very upset at Sean Spicer because of his initial press conference, which was kind of a disaster. And he came out and made ridiculous claims about the, the crowd size. But what Trump was pissed off about is that Spicer didn't go far enough. Spice, Spicer didn't attack the press enough. Oh, we got to get was, to that. He was reading from his paper. He was All reading right. from his speech instead of just saying it. He, you know, and this is the thing. If you're Sean Spicer, Trump obsesses. About those things. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, that's the it's thing, the worst thing you can do. You can, worst I would thing hate you can that do. job. I, for all the things about Spicer, and we'll get to some of them here in a minute, I would hate to have that gig. That's coming up in a second. Uh, meantime, yeah. why, don't you, uh, why don't you finally do what you're told? You okay? don't, don't tell me what's it. Stu and I have been trying to co-parent you for a long time. We have joint custody not, of you as a listener. We, we have joint custody, and we're trying to tell you to take some positive steps so that you can rely on yourself and not us all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay? We can't do, we're not always going to be there. Well, eventually you're going to be on we, your but own. We love them so much. We do love you so much. But we but know what? Tough love is going to come. And, and right? when there's a disaster, we might not be there to, might not to be give there. you. If uh, there's a hurricane in your area, a tornado, earthquake, you know, you lose your job. Well, we're not going to be there, you know. Yeah, you can't live in, in, in mommy and daddy's house. At least not with food, right? Well, no, we're not going to be there no. with food. We'll be so. there to broadcast your pain, but we won't be there for food. <laughs> Get four weeks of easy to prepare food for only $99 plus free shipping. Yeah, uh, that's what my Patriot Supply does for you. Now, they, really they are not your too. parent either. No, they're not. You're having a willing uh, transfer, a, a good, nice trade of mm-hmm. things that make each side happy. Uh, and that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's supposed to be what our country uh, is based on. And we've tried to set the example for you. We've, we've tried to show you the uh, way not to do it by getting huge buckets of food, like, I mean, barely food, wheat, barley, beans, rice. I mean, do you want that? You don't want that. You know, you just open up a bucket and start eating handfuls of rice. But if you know better than mom and dad, then don't uh, call 888-411-5290. Fine. Right. Don't go to preparewithablaze.com. See if we care. 888 <laughs> or preparewiththeblaze.com.
Sean Spicer uh, is the uh, White House press guy now, and uh, he has had a you know, rough start. It's been a little bit of, a little bit bumpy. Um, one of the big things he did was try to claim that, uh, you, you know, try to back up the president's belief that three to five million vote people voted illegally, um, something that he would not agree to because I don't, you know, he obviously does not actually believe it himself. He was actually. Um, he was supposed to further the argument and say, like, 30 to 40 million yeah. people. President Trump <laughs> is under, underselling it. But, I mean, all the available evidence shows this is not true. Let me read the, this article. This is, uh, all available evidence suggests the 2016 general election was not tainted by fraud or mistake. Governor Snyder uh, of, of Michigan has said so. Uh, so has the Obama White House. Even the chief counsel to second-place finisher Hillary Clinton concedes there is no evidence of any tampering that would warrant a recount or lawsuit. Um, I mean, that's not really actually an article. Uh, this article is actually the words of Trump's own lawyers in a filing about the recount. Trump's own lawyers say there is no evidence to back up this claim. Yet he oh still gosh, keeps that is spouting it. Unbelievable. This guy is Utterly just... amazing. And, and here's the thing. He won the election. He won. He's the president, and it's still not enough. Because there's that little thing that just he can't take that somebody beat him in the popular vote. I think I think he would have rather have won the popular vote than the electoral. Now, he wouldn't be president, but he could say he would love that. I'm obviously more popular than she is. Yeah, I, I, it was it was taken from me. I, it was stolen. I, I, it was rigged. We got to fix this system. Well, that's what, and of course, that's what he said in 2012. Right. Uh, he was saying how the electoral college was stupid and it should be eliminated for a popular vote. The fact uh, that he lost the popular vote really bothers is him. driving really him bothers out him. of his mind. But what he tweeted about was wow. a little bit different than saying talking about this election, right? Because his, his tweet was major investigation into voter fraud, including those registered to vote in two states those who are illegal, and even those registered to vote who no, are dead. This is definitely his fallback so, position. I understand. Uh, I'm, right. just, I'm just making sure that we understand. You know, that's I, what I, yeah, he's I said going. that on radio today. I yeah. mean, he's not saying, his big investigation is not saying that he's going to find any bunch of legal votes. Mm -hmm. What he's saying is there are people who are on uh, incorrectly on the vo voting rolls, one of which he would know when he looked down the hall at Steve Bannon, who was, in, <laughs> who was, under, who was registered to vote in two different states and should not be. Um, you know, yes, mm. this happens. I mean, I might, I don't even know. I, I might very, I probably am. We've moved so many times. Am I registered in multiple states? Probably. Absolutely. I don't vote in those yeah, states. Yeah, it's not like anybody calls up the registrar yeah. in, in a former state and says, hey, uh, make sure you scratch me from the rolls. You don't do no, that. No, you don't do that. I just so, moved to Texas and I vote in Texas. Could they have made a mistake? Sure. I mean, they, I don't know. I don't know. When I sign up in Texas, if they are successfully always alerting the other states, I don't know if they even attempt to do that, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. The, the bottom line is, know. yeah, there's a lot of people who are registered incorrectly. There are a lot of people when they die, they, for whatever reason, don't get taken off the rolls immediately. That doesn't mean that those votes are being cast. That's a huge difference, a huge mm. difference. One that obviously Donald Trump understands, but just specifically goes out there and denies the knowledge so he can try to look right to his conspiracy websites that uh, follow him and, and praise him for every move that he makes. It's really pathetic. I mean, frankly, pathetic. Um, now, Sean Spicer at least gets paid to do it. Sean Spicer at least gets paid by Donald Trump to go out there and lie for him. Um, he had this uh, interesting article uh, today uh, in, uh, by Jack Schaefer talking about, um, his, uh, about how Sean Spicer wins by losing. Uh, Saturday, Spicer went to the briefing room on a suicide mission to present his no questions will be asked claim 
that the Trump inauguration's in-person attendance was the largest ever when it obviously wasn't. On Monday, a less shrill and almost self-effacing Spicer returned to the ring to spar in a more conventional manner with reporting, attempting to make uh, jokes but fumbling when he said, I think sometimes we can disagree with the facts, <laughs> which he obviously meant. Uh, I think sometimes we can disagree about the facts. Even so, Spicer sought against all good evidence to restate his boss's dearly held position that Friday's inaugural was the most watched when it obviously wasn't. <laughs> On Tuesday, Sean invited another meeting when he insisted that a Pew study supported the president's assertion that great numbers of non-citizens could have voted in the election uh, when they obviously didn't as a primary uh, author of the study he tweeted uh, in real time. In a conventional administration, Spicer would have been as I turn the page, would have been shredded by now and recycled to the American Beverage Association to serve as its spokesman. Now, I will say, I love the American Beverage Association, and I don't appreciate that part of the story. Okay, Was they, he they part of the American Beverage Association I at any time? I don't know. I don't know, but I love it. So it's interesting. Because didn't work. they say they're going back, that he would be going back to them? Right. Um, so Trump hasn't required Spicer to uh, submit to physical punishment yet, but it's the job of every presidential uh, secretary to finesse the misstatements and gaffes made by the boss. But no podium pounder in recent memory has been asked to do what Spicer has been asked to do. Apply a gloss to baseless conspiracy theories that have already been debunked and retail it to reporters. Reporters are onto the Spicer gamut already, no more than uh, NPR's Mara Liaison. Liaison. Um, uh, on Monday, she slyly asked him to name the unemployment rate. Uh, and that should be easy for a president. But, of course, Trump has been saying it's 40-something percent. Now, there are measures in certain communities where it's high. If you use an expanded measure of unemployment, there's some nugget of truth based back in there. There's obviously to the talk about the uh, labor participation rate. But the fact that the, the, the guy who's uh, you know, supposed to communicate with the press can't even tell you what the unemployment rate is because it would disagree with his boss is a real problem. Um, he goes on to, uh, I mean, it's a really good story, and I, I kind of, I mean, he's obviously coming at it from an anti, uh, he doesn't like Spicer and Trump in the way they're doing this, um, but I kind of like the, the analogies he makes through here, and it's a really, you know, well-written piece. This part caught my eye, though. Um, uh, let's see. Of course, I'm trying to find it here. Uh, here we go. Uh, you, might be beyond, you might be right to say that Spicer can't go on like this, cleaning up one Trump uh, mess after another, but only making them messier. But you'd also be wrong, because if, as we've noted, this is not a conventional administration. To return to the sports metaphor, for, Sean Spicer doesn't suit up in a champion's uniform. He dons the shorts and jersey of the Washington Generals, the klutzy team that played fixed exhibition matches against the Harlem Glo Globetrotters and almost always lost. Did they actually win? Some games? He says almost always lost. They must have won some game at some point. Like Spicer, the Generals won by losing. After losing, the Generals would go to bed, wake up, and win again the next day by losing even more disastrously. How did the Generals win by losing? For one thing, nobody expected them to win. Their defeat was in integral to the greater game plan, part of their service to a higher power, specifically the Globetrotters. Their job was to put on a good show, to be abused by the Globetrotters until the buzzer sounded. Nobody who understands Trump expects Spicer to beat the press in the briefing room um, uh, as he understands his boss's, uh, as he defends his boss's latest nutbag idea, only to keep the ball in pl a plausible play until time is called and cameras dim. Like the general, Spicer must put up a fight that's good enough to deflect attention from the president so he can skate on to his next demonstration of nutbaggery. Um, I... <laughs> I mean, that is a good explanation of that, of not only Sean Spicer, but that job. I do yeah. think it's worse with Spicer because, you know, Trump, 
he lives in his own world on this stuff, and he says things that are obviously completely wrong, and he doesn't care if people call him out on it. Like, I mean, he cares, but he doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't feel the need to defend the truth. He just feels the need to defend his position, and that's a, t- a totally different thing. Where before, even with the Obama administration and the Bush administration and the Clinton administration, there had to be some tie. They'd come up with a really bad argument, uh, but at least they were trying to acknowledge what the truth was. Here, it's just straight-out denial. I honestly think that they would say, we have a border wall the entire time. It's across the entire country. We go down and take a picture, and they'd say that was, that, that was before we built it. That was before we built it. Well, no, right. here's a timestamp. You, you faked that timestamp. Right. Uh, well, no, but it's a timestamp, and, and, and we brought the Pope in to clarify it. The Pope was against me in the election. Like, there's always something else. There's always another layer. There's always another complaint uh, from these guys to say someone else is in on the conspiracy. Um, and, you know, look, I, Trump has done some good things um, so far. I, we've praised him for them. But, I mean, this is inexcusable nonsense from somebody that we pay. It's inexcusable nonsense. And I understand that he thinks this is his job, but, I mean, that's no excuse. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't live with myself. Uh, for example, it would be very easy for us to have sat here and praised Donald Trump the entire time. Uh, that's what a lot of talk show hosts did. Um, you know, really? And they said, you know what? Name one. Uh, no. Name, name two. Uh, my, point, my point, though, is that, uh, well, Laura Ingram, I'll give you one. She, she certainly praised him the whole time. But you can't name four. She was a supporter. Um, I think from the beginning. And, and, can and you I'm name sure. two? I think you're right about Laura Ingram. Who's another one? But that you can my think point of? is, if I could just quickly, uh, quickly finish, uh, is I was trying to that, accentuate your first point. Right, I know. I, I'm about I'm done with that. You know, was there two uh, though? <laughs> the point is uh, that yes, there's there there are more than two. Um, really? But the, the the issue here, I, think, I well, actually, I mean, it was a, like, let's put it this way: yeah. 97% of talk radio, to <clears> use the global warming statistic, supported Donald Trump. Even when he made, uh, some people were critical of him. There was consensus. You know, Mark, Mark, Mark Levin's a good example of this. He voted for Donald Trump. Yeah. He's not a supporter. He fought viciously against him. And mm-hmm. when, uh, when it came down to him being the nominee, he said, I'll vote for him. Uh, but he continued to criticize him throughout the campaign. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a level of honesty. He said, you know mm-hmm. what, it's a better option here um, than Hillary Clinton, but I'm still going to be critical when I can be critical. There are a lot of people who didn't go down that road. Um, and I think... I just, I have, I, I, I He have. named Laura Ingram. I named oh. Laura Ingram. Laura Ingram is a big one? supporter. She was on stage and everything with him. Mm-hmm. My point, <laughs> however, uh, is, I don't even remember what it, was, it is now. Um, my point is just that, you know, that was, that's an easy way to go. And you could say, well, it's my job to please a right-wing Republican audience, so I have to say these things. Right. But, I mean, if that's you, mm. rethink your life. Right? I mean, you, this, is, this used to be, at one point, when, I know when I got into this, this line of work, uh, many years ago, that was what was put on the pedestal. What was put on the pedestal is the person who said, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you want me to say. Screw off. I'm saying what's true. That is what used to be on the pedestal. Now what is on the pedestal is who could come up with the best argument to back Donald Trump? Who can come up with the best justification to back the nonsensical thing he just said? Mm-hmm. That has become the new circus trick of talk radio, and I don't want any part of that. I like the old way. L- call me a conservative, if you will. A person who wants to conserve the old things from talk radio, where people would come out and say the things that they actually believed and said, screw you to the audience if you thought they were wrong. That's what I wanted as a listener, first and foremost, and secondly, as a host. That's what mm-hmm. I want. 
And uh, if you don't want that, obviously there's plenty of other places to go, as you've probably noted. Indeed. Indeed. You know, as, as, you, as you were talking, uh, an important uh, question developed. Okay. And that's uh, whether the Washington or New Jersey generals have ever beaten the Harlem yes, Globetrotters. Yes, yes. And that's what I've been desperately searching <laughs> oh, okay. for now. Because I'm, I'm they probably have. fascinated by that. And I think, by mistake, they probably have a time or two. I, I can't find the actual results, but I did find that they've played in 26,000 exhibition games. Oh, my God. More than 26,000 for the Harlem Globetrotters. I will say this might help you. Wow. On this uh, particular story from uh, Politico, yeah. uh, when it says... Uh, he dons the shorts and jersey of the Washington Generals, the klutzy team that played fixed exhibition matches against the Harlem Globetrotters, who almost always mm. lost. Lost is a link. So I got to oh, believe that's okay. probably linking to the evidence I'll that they didn't it, yes. always lose. Jeff, yes. can you search that out? Or Marissa, somebody? Okay. I, can't cl- I can't click because it's a printed paper. And then it, and uh, then it kind of occurred it. to me, did you ever go to the, you went to Globetrotter games, yeah, no sure. doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, I did too. Uh, they actually made their way to the mean streets uh, uh, when I was a kid. And uh, that was when Meadowlark Lemon was the, okay. the main guy. Yeah. Awesome. I think Just he was awesome. when I was there, when yeah, I saw him Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. for a long yeah. time. And I, uh, I don't know that. Uh, there's been anybody better than Meadowlark Lemon. And I, th- I think we lost him. I think he's gone now. But it, it, as I remember back, I used to be a huge fan. I used to think that they were kind of real and maybe the best basketball team in the world uh, until I grew up and realized, nah, it's all fake. Kind of like a world wrestling, you know? Uh, but it seems to me that they actually did play NBA teams at one point. Um, and, and I was looking at the, uh, just a quick Wikipedia search, shows that they won the World Basketball Tournament in 1940, defeating the Chicago Bruins 31-29. to That's a low scoring ball So volume. there you go. Um, I'm getting in my ear here that uh, actually six times yep. from the 19, Generals From 1953 to 1995, uh, they lost more than 13,000 games, winning only six. Oh, the generals? Yeah. Okay. So they won six games. Six games. And the last one was in the 70s, right? Yeah, 71. Yeah. Early 70s. I mean, what, so <laughs> something <laughs> like thir- the Globetrotters record then would have been like 13,006. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's not bad. That's, that's acceptable. That's, that's not bad. A decent record. I wonder how those that's things decent. happen. That's interesting. I mean, did they just say like occasionally we've got to let these guys win at the beginning? Or when they were do they play so as... bad that the generals just happen to... But like what I remember about the Globetrotters, at least, and this is probably the early 90s when I saw them, maybe late 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what I remember is there would be segments of the game. Right. So it would be like six minutes of actual basketball where they were playing generally hard, though they would, they would not play great defense. They'd let them right. dunk sometimes. But yeah. the generals would try to score yeah, yeah. too, and it would actually be a real – and then there would be three They'd minutes. They'd come down and like, just play real basketball right. and just shoot the ball. And, yeah, and yeah. then the, the Globetrotters would obviously do their crazy stuff and not get mm-hmm. called for traveling. Right. Uh, but but they, it was actual right. basketball. Like they would not, it, was yeah. not like, it was not like every trick. Then there'd be like, they'd like stop down into these two and three minute choreographed routines. And they do, sometimes they do Where like, they put the ball they under the their shirts. Field and, goal from, right. oh, from yeah. exactly. all that center stuff. court and which, all that. Which, which was fun. like a point where they fun. would outscore the generals by like 15 points. Yeah. Um, because it was all choreographed for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to playing basketball again. Yes. And I wonder if maybe yeah. the, like a couple times they, it would be interesting to see if they just got pissed sometimes. Just like, screw it, let's just beat these guys today. That would be funny. I would like to know if that was ever supposed to happen or if they did it 
just because they were pissed. I want to believe they were just pissed. I, I do too. My guess is I do too. My guess is that at the beginning of the Globetrotters, they were trying to pull off the idea that these were real games. Yes. Um, so they occasionally mm. they'd have these stories where they would win. And as it got later into the 80s and 90s, it was like, all right, everybody knows they're going to lose. Just, just like wrestling. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. started out saying, yeah, this is real. Yeah. Really? And nobody gets hurt? Huh. Or some nights they, you know, some nights Metal Arc Lemon would say, some nights like one <laughs> like one in every Every 7,000 games. games. Uh, every 2,000 games he would say, yeah. uh, if we lose, I'll take 18 pies to the face. And so they lose and he takes 18,000 pies oh, to the face okay. in front of the all crowd. Right. Okay. I, I don't know, I'm just guessing. You, wait, you just made like a that. specific guess about people taking 18,000 pies to the face? Yeah. That's such a specific... If that's right, that's just, incredible. Just I mean, yeah. the fact that you just Im- I, I, imagine that... If I was them, I would do that. Amazing. Well, you just like pie. It's a marketing. I mean, didn't you ever get the bucket of, uh, of water that was paper all cut up on you, the confetti thrown at you? At the well, they do, they yes, yes the but that yeah, had yeah. nothing to do with pie. Uh, more patent stew coming up no, in a didn't. second. No, it didn't. Speaking of pie, why don't we have pie? We mentioned pie. We mentioned pie, and constitutionally we should have pie. Yeah, wasn't yeah. The other day was day. National Pie yeah. Day this week. That's right. Yes. Oh. Where's the pie? Have you guys been to Emporium Pies in Dallas? Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. Really good? It is Pat and Stu, triple eight seven two seven. Back. We were just talking about Sean Spicer a minute ago, um, and how he wins by losing, like the Harlem Globetrotters, or no, the New Jersey uh, Generals or Washington Generals. I don't know why they switched uh, areas there. You ever heard of why the Generals went from Jersey to Washington or vice versa? I, I don't really I know. I feel like I remember them as Washington. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean. I think I saw them as both. But anyway. Uh, Spicer's, uh, Spicer has been apparently fighting, as we've told you a couple of times, with Dippin' Dots, uh, for five years, but he just denied that, uh, he gave ice cream as a gift to the press score. This is a, he ruined the one good moment, uh, basically. So here's what happened. So we were laughing about how Spicer had just been tweeting for five years that, uh, Dippin' Dots are not the ice cream. Which was a great moment. Really funny. It's brilliant. Uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, Dippin' Dots not the ice cream of the future, and he did it multiple times. One of the which, the last mm. which time, or the last time he did it was, he said if Dippin' Dots were the ice cream of the future, they would have shipped enough vanilla to the Washington National game, uh, Washington Nationals game I'm at. Um, first of all, which seemingly indicates that he actually likes Dippin' Dots, right? Like, why would he be upset that they didn't have vanilla if he didn't like it? Yes. He actually seems unless to actually it's the like only ice cream you can get. At the game, and then, then he'd so be what? pissed. Well, yeah, but so what? I mean, uh, yeah. if you don't like them, you're not going to order them. Uh, it's probably true. You know, so that's kind of it was a weird thing. But anyway, so I thought Dippin' Dots was pretty funny about it. Instead of instead of you know getting, getting all pissy mad or doing what most companies do, which is to say we don't care about the way you hate the way you hate Mexicans, that we will we're gonna stand <laughs> yes. up and protest and resist. Yeah, thank so they you. actually did something I thought cool. That was pretty cool, which was. Uh, Dear Sean, we understand that ice cream is a serious matter and writing I have your favorite ice cream flavor can feel like a national emergency. We've Mm -hmm. seen your tweets and would like to be friends rather than foes. After all, we believe in connecting the dots. That's that's great, though. Uh, Yeah, it is. Pardon Uh, the ton. Besides the pun. Right, yeah. That's great stuff. It is. As you may or may not know, Dippin' Dots are made in Kentucky by hundreds of hardworking Americans in the heartland of our great country. As a company, we're doing great. We've enjoyed double-digit growth in sales for the past three years. Hard to believe. That means, well, I think 
think they just had a really bad point when Spicer was tweeting about them, and mm. they bounced back a little bit. Mm. That means we're creating jobs and opportunities. We've, we hear that's on your agenda, too. Good stuff. We, even, uh, can, we can even afford to treat the White House and press corps to an ice cream social. What do you say? We'll make sure there's plenty of your favorite flavors. It's yours, Scott, CEO of Dippin' Dots. Brilliant. Awesome. I think really cool Brilliant. Moment. And then Spicer. Makes me like him a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I liked the, the Dippin' Dots response a lot. And then Spicer's. I what mean, do you look, do? It's, I, I get it's, it's certainly a nice thing, but I feel like he ruins it here by saying, sorry for the delay. How about we do something great for those, for those out uh, those out nation and first responders. What? <laughs> the quote is, sorry for the delay. How about we do something great for those out nation, our first responders? Mm. I mean, he obviously mm-hmm. had a yeah. typo there. Yeah. But again, he's just like, well, what if we're nice to responders? And better? Yeah, okay, why okay. doesn't Dippin' Dots go to every first responder place in the nation right. and give them free ice cream? Right. I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, like, maybe we, like, raise money. It's a nice, I guess it's nice to turn around. I mean, obviously, I support giving money to the first responders. But it just, like, it was a funny moment that it was, like, he kind of ruined. It would have been funny for him to come out for the next press conference eating Dippin' Dots. That would have been funny. Yeah. Like, eating chocolate ones and saying they ran out of vanilla again. Yeah. Bastards. That would have been solid. I I mean, again, that's kind of a minor point when it comes to leading the country. Here's kind of a major point. Um... Uh, heartbeats are imaginary. Okay, so I'm sick of sick of you saying that babies' heartbeats are real. They're not. What what are they? Unborn babies aren't alive. Okay, and ultrasounds are just tools of the patriarchy. Um, what? These are things that we just learned uh, from the Atlantic. This is amazing. Uh, this is pretty amazing. The article's headline is bad enough. How the ultrasound pushed the idea that a fetus is a person. So weird. Uh, what is a fetus then? What is it? I mean, is a um, is a smart car a car? Because that's just the beginning, really, of a car, right? So you could just say that that's not. <laughs> I just saw one yesterday that was parked outside uh, oh, next to mine, and I mean, they're this big. Yeah, they are. They're this freaking big. They're the ugliest, dumpiest little things I've ever seen in my life. I own a car that Why is would you ever... very small. Uh, not yeah. my, like and my it's about car. eight times the size but of the smart car. But it's about eight times the size of the smart car. I mean, <laughs> Come on. It's one of the smallest cars like ever been produced, yet it's yeah. still eight times still the bigger. size of the smart car. It's incredible. Uh, so they said, but its uh, subheadline is a real work of art. The technology has been used to create an imaginary heartbeat and sped up videos what? that falsely depict a response to stimulus. Are you kidding me? Uh, this is a real this article. This is a real story? It's yeah. a real story from the Atlantic. Uh, there are numerous other gems throughout this piece, such as the implication that only male doctors are allowed to use ultrasound. Ultrasound made it possible for the male doctor to evaluate the fetus without female interference. What? She writes, obviously a woman and a, uh, I, I would think maybe a slightly pro-choice woman. Really? What did you think? I, I didn't detect that. I don't know how I'm getting that, but uh, I'm going to go out on a limb there. Opponents of the heartbeat bills have pointed out that they would eliminate abortion rights almost entirely, making the procedure illegal around four weeks after fertilization. Can we stop there for one second, mm-hmm. Pat? Uh, yeah. Because this is, uh, I know we have to, we're never going to be able to get to everything here, but let's just say it was illegal only up to four weeks, and they would say that's incredibly restrictive. Mm-hmm. Would that be restrictive at all? 
let's just say that you had the ability for four weeks to, uh, to take a, a pill and get rid of a baby. Mm-hmm. If you made a mistake, look, everyone makes mistakes. Uh, Jeffy's made a mistake. And you don't want to punish with a baby. You don't want to punish with a baby. You're, you're, let's say the punishment of a baby is on its way. Or a, and an STD. Now, you might not know necessarily that you're pregnant, but there's obviously uh, things to um, address. Um, mm-hmm. uh, morning after type situations that when you have an unwanted uh, experience, in almost all cases, you would absolutely be able to get rid of that experience after four weeks. Mm-hmm. It's this desperate attempt to push it all the way to 40 weeks. It's just an inc- mm-hmm. it's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. We're too late. Triple eight seven seven back is the uh, number. Uh, we'll get back to this. Um, but we'll get back. This is worth second. it. And, uh, and the good thing is we push this break so late that we basically eliminated Jeffy time. Um, so he's not going to have any. That's some good stuff today. No, we'll come back to you. We want to do that too. Jeffy and I were just talking about our uh, fatness. And uh, I, I was telling him I went to Sonic last night and I um, purchased a little griller. <laughs> Which, Which can't be good, problematic. First of all, going to Sonic at night. At 9 o'clock at night or Always so, a good choice. Always a good idea. And then, uh, but the fact that they have, it was a lull griller, which uh, is short for little, um, makes me think it was okay. Cause Absolutely. It was, it was Plus, after 8 o'clock, uh, isn't 8 o'clock, get the uh, shakes are half price, right? Oh, wow. If I knew that, I would have got a shake. I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I, 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 we, that actually would be an interesting uh, spoons. They actually have a bunch of little sandwiches. There's little burgers, little chicken sandwiches, uh, a little grilled cheese, a bunch of stuff like that, little breakfast ones. You can get them all day. Again, am I okay. not speaking English? Why aren't they here? <laughs> <laughs> but that would be good spoons, right? You, 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 what's your feeling on Sonic food? You like it? Or I do like yeah. Sonic. I'm mm-hmm. okay. I, like, I don't okay. love everything that I get there, but most of it's pretty good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Jeffy, are you? Hey, you know it's okay, but I mean, I got, after eight, you get the half-price shakes. I'm all in. Oh yeah, the shakes are pretty good. I, and I'm a big as, fan of their drinks because they'll do the the diet cherry limeade that I like a lot. Ooh. Oh, mm-hmm. those are good. Those are delicious. <laughs> I need a little griller. What? For this is little griller. Not here. What? They're not here. I don't understand what happens. I say it, and then the food's not here. What's going on? Hi, it's Pat and Stu, Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Back. We started this uh, unbelievable story on abortion that appeared in the Atlantic, uh, an article uh, written by some extremist who uh, apparently hates babies, children, human beings. Uh, doesn't have any use for um, ultrasounds, certainly because they can detect heartbeats, which to her are imaginary. And uh, they can tell you that um, that this person in the, in the womb is moving around, and she she says that creates a uh, a false image that uh, depicts stimulus, like they can move around. That's not true. I mean, where where is she getting any any of this stuff? Um, she is opposed to ultrasounds because in a lot of states, including Texas now, if you want an abortion. They have you take an ultrasound so that you can at least, okay, see what you're aborting. All right, here it is. It's not tissue. There it is. How dare they? Are you whispering to me? How? I'm just saying, bastards. Okay. Well, look at that. 
How could you make somebody look at that? How could you do it? Thank you. I mean, they don't have to do anything with it. In fact, I mean, I guess you could close your eyes, but um, they take the ultrasound, and then if you still want the abortion, you get the abortion. The problem is about 90% of women don't get the abortion afterwards. Why would that be? Um, Because they realize, oh, my gosh, that is a living person inside of me. That isn't a Volkswagen uh, Beetle. It's, It's not a Buick. It's not a lump of broccoli. It is a baby in there. And, and that is actually, when they say uh, unborn babies aren't a lot, or excuse me, ultrasounds are just tools of the patriarchy, that's what they're talking about. They're saying that people mm-hmm. have realized that this thing looks like a baby, and men are using that to take away women's rights. And why Because would women we, decide when they see it, they decide they don't want abortions. Go ahead, Patrick. And we, we do that, mm-hmm. why? Why do what we do? Would, yeah, why do we, why would we, well, what do we have to gain by saying uh, it's a baby? Keep it. Just just taking away their rights. I guess it's just for fun. Yeah, I've always. I have the same. I have the same question. You know, we talked about this a little bit on on radio today about how are these white men or want to uh, want to take away my rights by my body? Well, it's interesting. You first of all, you point out white, obviously, just for no reason, pointing out that you think that white people obviously probably are racist, right? You're pointing out their race because these people shouldn't have any voice. Well, you know what? Our policy results in 12 million extra African-Americans being alive. What does your policy result in? 14, actually. 14. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, Sorry, Pat. 14 million extra African-Americans being alive. Your policy results in all of them dead. So who who's racist here? Yeah, I have no there's no you could say all you want that my policy of uh, not uh, allowing, um, uh, not giving special treatment to African-Americans to in- admit them into college is a really racist policy. You might believe that, you might claim that. But none of my policies result in 14, African-American, uh, 14 million African-Americans dead. It's kind of a cool thing. It's good to be on this side of the argument. <laughs> and more black people would continue to be born in New York City mm-hmm. than are aborted. Mm-hmm. So that would exponentially increase the black population in a place like New York City where it's not the case now. We're killing uh, more than half of them. So, gosh, that doesn't seem like a racist policy to me at all. It seems like we're advocating for more African-American people on this planet, which is interesting to call us racist then. Uh, you know, it'll it'll result in more blacks, more Hispanics, more Chinese, more uh, white people. There will just be more people. Uh, it's it's ridiculous mm-hmm. how this whole thing has been spun, and the spin on uh, Planned Parenthood, who is all about abortion. I mean, without abortion, Planned Parenthood would not exist. I, th- I think we all know and understand that. Uh, but they claim to uh, cover prenatal care and take care of all of those issues. So good. Uh, Here's a look at uh, an undercover video that explores that question. Prenatal care. These are the kinds of services that folks depend on Planned Parenthood for. And a president who will fight for prenatal care. Prenatal care. Um, And that that is what we want to focus on. That is what is so vital. (laughs) That is. That's what is so vital. Thank you for calling Planned Parenthood. Hi, I was hoping to make an appointment for prenatal care. For what type of service? Um, prenatal care, pregnancy care. We don't have prenatal care here. Planned Parenthood offers abortion, so they don't offer 
prenatal care. Okay, just abortions. Yeah. Unfortunately, no, we wouldn't provide any pre- type of prenatal services here at Planned Parenthood. We're not a prenatal oh. care provider. No Planned Parenthood does prenatal wow. care. We don't offer prenatal care at Planned Parenthood. We specialize in abortions. You know, that's what our ultrasounds are for, to see how far along the um, patient is. Planned Parenthood, we do yeah. birth control, you know, things yeah. like that, termination. We check uh-huh. for STI, but we don't do prenatal. We tell you you're pregnant, and we also prefer her to do the abortions. Okay, okay. So, okay, so we don't do any prenatal services No here. prenatal. No, we don't do prenatal services. I mean, it's called it's Planned Parenthood. I know it's kind of deceiving. Do you have OBGYNs <laughs> here? We do not, no. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Which is a deceptive name, right? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, wow. <laughs> it's this deceptive name because they kill all the kids. They don't have any care at all. It is a deceptive wow. name. That's a good observation. It's a really funny one. It's hilarious about how you're killing 300,000 kids a year and, and you say it's about prenatal care and then people parrot that across the country and you're not even doing it and you're taking our tax dollars to make it that Funny. It's that freaking funny what you're doing. I'm so glad she realized the irony there, which is it's not about Planned Parenthood at all. It's about killing babies. And the whole wow. time, they keep saying prenatal care, even though they don't offer it at any of their establishments. That is hilarious, Pat. Uh, what a great bit of comedy. Watching <laughs> watching uh, those videos, uh, a few things come to mind. Doctored, fake, out of context. Lies out of context. Is that what they said? That's what I say. I mean, that's what's coming. Did yeah? I mean, I I would assume they would. I mean, obviously they're going to have the complete calls to prove each one of those. um, You know, which is, uh, but it's amazing. I mean, that is an an incredible thing because not only is it obvious they don't offer the thing that they keep saying they offer, Mm -hmm. but beyond that, they don't even know enough to to lie about it to people when they call. They don't even know enough to say, hey, but, oh, yeah, oh, we have some prenatal care, but maybe not in this office. Or we right. have some prenatal care, but I don't know if you might want to go to a different get, to get everything you need. They don't even have a way to mm-hmm. get out of it. They're so blatantly an abortion factory that they don't even know to teach their people to lie to pe- people when they call. I mean, it's, it's absolutely, utterly amazing. Uh, it's just, I mean, <laughs> how did this happen? It was started by a, a racist eugenicist mm-hmm. to for the sole purpose of eliminating blacks, and and now which was by the way incredibly successful. They've eliminated incredibly. fourteen million. Fourteen million. I mean, so her vision total, has really been realized. Yeah. Except I, I don't know that her vision included whites in the beginning. I, I guess she's fine with that too because it's also a population control thing. So Margaret Sanger's mm. vision for this uh, evil agency has been realized. However, they've been able to spin it in that they're all about women's health care services. <laughs> We're just, hey, if you need a mammogram, come here. Even though we don't have mammograms, we don't do them. You want prenatal care? Come here, even though we don't do prenatal care. We just, but we'll do your abortion. The only reason they have ultrasounds, it was said on, that, uh, on, that, on those, one of those phone calls, <laughs> so that they could find out how far you will, how far along you are to perform the abortion. That's just, I mean, that's phenomenal. How is this place not shut down? At least, at least all federal funding eliminated. I, I don't, 
I really don't understand it. And again, it's really incredible. If what they did was prenatal care and not abortions, there would be no one in America. Nobody would. Them. Right. That's right. That, that, no one cares. There's plenty of places that do all the other things without the abortions. Do you know their names? No, because no one protests them. Jeez. This is a, the only they, they, they do what? 30 percent mm. of the nation's abortions <clears throat> is one freaking place. And we're giving them money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's insanity. It's insanity. Really is. Uh, da- David Crowder went undercover to... Uh, Stephen Crowder, I believe. Stephen Crowder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says David Crowder here. That was, didn't sound right. And it isn't right. Stephen Crowder went undercover to uh, to check out what women's rights oh, were in peril at the big march over the weekend. <laughs> and here's what he found out about those rights. As far as policy, what should we all be most concerned about with this march with Donald Trump and uh, this administration? To you. To you. Like the rights. Specifically to your community or in general? You know, I think personally the in the imminent challenges that are kind of up, like projected or forecasted for the com- com- country as overall like Oh my god. <laughs> well can I think that concern for me is just this idea that this administration has a right to tell any of us what we can do with our bodies, right. what we can wear on our bodies, right. what we can uh, <laughs> say about our bodies. Right. <laughs> say about our bodies? Answers to that. Okay. And, and that is our choice, not theirs, and it's not theirs to tell What we can wear is certainly not fashion advice from Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> that's solid did a nice dude. job on that that's, yeah that's, that's ball i mean it's ballsy too yeah to go into the middle of the crowd like that yeah. and, and try to pull that off um i, I will say too I, you hear this one all the time um uh, uh you know i don't want them to do anything with my body and there's no no one cares about your body mm. no one's trying to no one's trying to deal with your body like there's no restriction on what you do to your body the the restriction is what you do to the other body inside of you that is a an, an important mm-hmm. It's, it's a living thing, and that's what the issue is. Uh, the other part is I've never heard anyone complain about what we can say about our bodies or what we can wear on our bodies. I you, guess there are basic it? legal oh, restrictions was... about what you can wear. Like, is that what they're, are they complaining of, like, they should be able to go topless? The whole complaint of, oh, I yeah, will that's punish. all that's left, right? Probably. I will punish all men by doing the thing they love most, taking our tops off. Oh, ow, ow, oh, ow. Okay. No, you, you all people. right, go ahead. Good no, protest. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, all right. You uh, apparently uncovered another liar. Um, we saw a lot there, and, and there are more okay. uh, lies and liars going on. Yeah. Um, um, do we have uh, the uh, inconvenient uh, sequel trailer that we had yesterday? Okay, that, that is uh, going to need to go with that. So maybe we can pull that up. We'll take a break. Come back. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Back in just a moment. All righty. With more. We'll do it in a minute here. That's what we'll do. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Do we have this? Triple eight seven twenty seven. Back to the phone number. We have the. Uh, we got the uh, trailer. This is Al Gore, uh, an inconvenient sequel because, you know, we haven't heard enough about uh, from Al Gore in a while. Uh, he's, uh, you know, been, he's been too quiet since mm. this movie. It's like and a wallflower. Yeah. We actually thought, we really thought for a while he was going to run. Because, you know, Hillary would drop out or something and then Al would step in. Had he, had he run, he might have won. I think he probably would. I think, honestly, 
I mean, anyone who wasn't under federal investigation probably would have won. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of, it was a big, kind of a big yeah. deal for, for poor Hillary. Uh, anyway, here's the uh, Al Gore trailer. Ten years ago, years ago, when the movie An Inconvenient Truth came out, right. the single most criticized Sing scene in most. that movie was an animated scene showing that the combination of sea level rise and storm surge level would put the ocean water into the 9-11 memorial site, which was then right. under construction. This is actually just And people said, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. What a terrible exaggeration. Sure did. Oh boy, there it is. There is a Holy cow, he was right. Climate change and our vulnerability to right. it. Right. It was true 10 years ago, it was true five years ago. Oh it is my. undeniable. Undeniable, today. look at that, look at it. Oh my God. Well, if Andrew Cuomo says it. Well, you know it's undeniable then when Andrew Cuomo says it, because Andrew Cuomo is the arbiter of truth. Yeah. Along with Al Gore. Uh, wow, that's powerful. I, I mean, you saw it right, right then with your own eyes. Um, interesting. Your own eyes. What happened between uh, the first movie coming out and the second one was the entire Obama administration. Yeah. Notice it doesn't come out then. Uh, will there be word one of yes. criticism of Barack Obama in this movie? I, I doubt it. Um, but that claim in particular is so infuriating to me because it's, it's it's such a blatant lie. Um, and, and Wait, we, he showed it. He showed the proof. He did. He did. He showed the proof. Yep. Stu, I don't know how you're going to wiggle out of this lie because he showed it. It's right there before our eyes. So Give me an opportunity to try from the wonderful world of Stu. All right. You're going to make a fool of yourself. <laughs> the sky is falling. You know the chickens that believe that in the story get eaten? Yet the environmental belief of a falling sky due to our SUVs has become sacrosanct in our society. Question it and become the equivalent of a Holocaust denier. The main chicken predicting the falling sky is none other than Al Gore, a man who has been a complete liar every second of his life for at least as long as I've known he's existed. When you lie a lot and get caught a lot, you tend to find justifications for your behavior. And Gore has been doing that quite a lot. Recently, he's come to claim that his scare tactics from his B-level horror film, An Inconvenient Truth, have been vindicated. If he wanted to do a monologue about every time we caught Al Gore lying, this would not be a once-a-week show. It would be multiple, simultaneous, live, 24-7 networks. But this particular lie is so supernaturally disingenuous, the architecture must be highlighted. What Gore has been talking about is Superstorm Sandy, a storm so super it wasn't really a hurricane anymore before it hit the East Coast. The storm caused upwards of 70 billion in damages, not because of its strength, but because of where it hit, New York City. You know, the place that contains the low-lying island where we store most of our tall buildings. Let me paint the horrifying picture for you. In less than an hour, a 13-foot storm surge deluged the city, swallowing everything below Canal Street. The battery was particularly devastated. Docks were destroyed and ships were swept onto streets. Further uptown, a bridge that connected Harlem to Ward's Island was washed away and somewhere in Chinatown, the East River likely met the Hudson. Oh, actually, sorry, that, that wasn't about Sandy at all. It was a story about the great New York storm of 1821, long before there were SUVs. 
Gore's reaction to Sandy was less mourning for the victims and more celebrating his own brilliance. Not incidentally, you have to be a special kind of douche to use human tragedy to prove yourself right. And that's why Al Gore is a vaunted member of the Douche Hall of Fame. Douche Hall of Fame. Here's what he said. The single most common criticism from skeptics when the film came out focused on the animation showing ocean water flowing into the World Trade Center memorial site. Skeptics called that demagogic and absurd and irresponsible. It happened last October 29th, years ahead of schedule. Over the past few years, Gore has peppered his mindless followers with version after version of these comments, all with the same story. In an inconvenient truth, I predicted New York City would be underwater. Superstorm Sandy proved me right. And since it happened sooner than I predicted, global warming is even worse than I've been telling you. We are totally screwed. As you might imagine, the kind of person who shows up to see Al Gore speak eats this up without any challenge. Gore knows this, of course, which is the only reason he even attempts it. Because anyone who actually bothered to watch his movie would know he was lying. It's true that Gore predicted the flooding of New York. Here's the clip. This is the World Trade Center memorial site. And after the horrible events of 9-11, we said never again. But this is what would happen to Manhattan. They can measure this precisely, just as the scientists could predict precisely how much water would breach the levees in New Orleans. The area where the World Trade Center Memorial is to be located would be underwater. Did I mention that you have to be a special kind of douche to use human tragedy to prove yourself right? And that's why Gore is a vaunted member of the Douche Hall of Fame. Douche Hall of Fame. Gore's tactic of using 9-11 to scare people about the weather is tasteless to an almost inhuman level. But hey, he did predict that New York would flood, right? With a prediction like this, there are three elements we need to focus on. The what, which was the flood in this case. We'll look more at that in a second. Then the when. He admits himself that he was wrong on that. Most importantly, though, is the why. Why did he say New York was going to flood? Amazingly, he tells us the why and proves himself a liar in his own movie. Watch. If Greenland broke up and melted, or if half of Greenland and half of West Antarctica broke up and melted, this is what would happen. So why was New York going to flood? Not because of a storm of any sort, because of a breaking up and melting of all of Greenland and or West Antarctica. Can we get an overhead? Is there any ice left on Greenland or West Antarctica? Weird, it seems like there is. What Gore predicted was a global 20-foot sea level rise caused by global warming-induced complete melting of the Greenland ice shelf. When he said that, even his scary source material, the United Nations IPCC report, was predicting about 11 inches of sea level rise, not 20 feet. At the time, they only had, quote, medium confidence of, quote, partial melting of Greenland over, quote, a period of time ranging from centuries 
to millennia. And even if all of that happened, it would only be half of what Gore was predicting. When he said he predicted the flood, he's lying about that too. What he predicted was not a temporary flood, but a permanent one. One week after Hurricane Sandy, about 600,000 people in the United States still didn't have power. That surely sucked big time. But in Gore's prediction, 100 million people would be displaced from their homes permanently, never to return. Where do I get that fact? In his movie, more precisely, the exact sentence directly before the clip of the movie he wants people to watch. Think of the impact of a couple hundred thousand refugees when they're displaced by an environmental event. And then imagine the impact of a hundred million or more. Think about the balls of this guy for a second. It's not like you'd have to check complicated hurricane studies to prove he is lying. It's not even like you'd have to look in another part of his movie. It's amazing. This guy is directing people to his movie to prove his prediction is correct when he knows that the previous 70 seconds of footage proves him to be a liar. And he is so sure that his audience is a bunch of blind, mindless followers and will believe anything he says without double checking that he does it anyway, over and over and over again, speech after speech after speech. And the worst part is he's right. They applaud like a bunch of lemmings and go home and feel wonderful about themselves and their wonderful levels of purity and service. So to sadly, sadly, pathetically review, Gore is lying about being right about predicting flooding in New York. The evidence is his own words in his own movie. And did I mention Al Gore is a vaunted member of the douche Hall of Fame? Ah, boy. Welcome. Patents to 888727 back. 888727BECK. Feel good about your lies now? About Al Gore? Right. (laughs) I mean, the guy proved his point. He showed. Oh, did you watch the last segment? He showed the rain coming in. It flooded just like he said. Just years before he said it was going to happen. Years ahead of schedule. Years ahead of schedule. (laughs) And it's because of our FU. Boys. I, I mean, I... F you, boys. Just F the you fact boys. that he would put that... And that that's not actually the trailer, right? I know we were showing a clip of the movie, it seems like. That's not yeah. actually the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, the fact that they would promote that clip, um, that is incredible. And it shows how much confidence he has that the media will not look back at his actual claims. It's just, I mean, I mean, come on. That is incredible. That's the clip. I mean, he just keeps powering through, moment. right? I mean, like, yeah. Pat, he, he doesn't yes. talk to anyone except for people who are like-minded. That's right. So he just powers through, That's man. Right. Just he keeps d- saying he, the same stuff. He will not do a hostile interview. I mean, right. not, even one not that, hostile where even you're going to scream at him. Appear to be. Yeah. He just, he wouldn't, like, for instance, he won't go on Fox News no. and debate, you know, Bill O'Reilly or Sean Hannity. He wouldn't, do, he wouldn't dare do that. He wouldn't come on our show. He will go on MSNBC where they'll say, how come people just can't get all scared over global warming. And, <laughs> right. I know, it's tragic that I can't get them to listen to me. 
These people are, are like the people who still believe the earth is flat. Now that demeans them a little bit, but they're so stupid, it, it, they don't know they're being demeaned. I mean, he'll do that, but he will not come on a show that is likely to oppose him on anything. Give him an alternate no. fact. I mean, maybe he'd go on like Shep Smith. If he was going to go on Fox or something, somebody who we think would be more yeah, I don't know if we even do that. I don't think so not. either. Because even but, I mean, even those like you go out of your way on some of those shows, some of the radio shows, to say, look, we're going to be straight up. We won't, we won't no confrontation, and mm-hmm. it's just there's a possibility of it. He won't do it. Yeah, you know, you don't hear him anywhere. No. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do uh, your segment, Jeffy, if we could. Oh, can we do that? Do we have a Jeffy uh, intro? Um, maybe we do the Jeffy intro um, here if you can find it uh, and really? uh, and jump hop, hop right into that. Well, yeah, I, I know you prepared a lot for today. I want to make mm-hmm. sure. We, could I probably put yeah, we want to make sure something. that you could find. As long as they're looking for the open, I mean, I might as well try to find a story. Yeah, you might want to try to find here something. Here are some stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us, so we don't have to talk anymore. Breaking news. Uh, the Republican state senator, this is kind of, uh, kind of disappointing, actually. Republican state senator uh, resigned from his position after he shared a social media post that suggested mm. women who attended the Women's March were too ugly to be sexually assaulted. <laughs> Nebraska <laughs> senator... Sexually assaulted? Oh, jeez. That's not good. No. Se- Nebra- well, uh, you can't joke hear what that. he said. I mean, this is What did he say? Nebraska Senator Bill Kittner... <laughs> Uh, retweeted a photo from conservative radio host Larry Elder from the Women's March on Saturday. Uh, the photo of three women holding signs alluding to President Donald Trump's comments that he grabbed women by the genitals without their permission uh, was captioned. This is what he tweeted. Now, I, I think I, if you have to dump it, go ahead and dump it. Ladies, I think you're safe. That's it? Because the sign said, not this Oh. P. Oh, okay. Not mine either. <laughs> Not my, ladies, I Wait. think you're now, safe. Larry Elder can get away with that because he's black. But Wait. the representative can't get away with right. retweeting that because, you know. I know. I mean, he didn't say anything about sexual assault in that. Right. And neither did All the he signs. said was, I think you're safe. And then the guy retweeted without further comment or what? Yeah, that's what it says. That's oh, interesting because, I mean, if the sign said, I will not be sexually assaulted, and it said, ladies, I think you're safe, that's one thing. But she just said, not my... Because people are, are, are drawing out... Kinder initially not told my other hoo-ha. Twitter users that he found the tweet to be funny. Uh, then uh, he's deactivated his Twitter account, and now he's stepping down. And this is the difference between he Trump and all these guys. down from office? Yep. It's incredible. That, this is the difference oh between Trump gosh, and everybody else man. and what people like about Trump. Trump would have just said, you know what? They were ugly. <laughs> right! <laughs> Trump would have said, he's right. They're ugly, and and I wouldn't sexually assault them because they're ugly. (laughs) And he wouldn't even have have had to call them ugly. He would have just said, "Uh, Kittner's right. Uh, They had nothing to worry about. Yeah. And move on. I mean, and that is what people like about him. Again, like, it's one thing if, there is a line there where obviously the guy should be in a lot of trouble. That's a little tasteless, but the woman, it's not like the woman actually was sexually assaulted and you're saying she's not pretty. He didn't say, her sign didn't say anything about sexual assault. You're drawing that out of the previous comments from Trump, which he obviously denied. And I'm sure this guy doesn't agree was sexual assault. We've covered that before, uh, you know, in that like. Actually, you know what? Kittner didn't even say it. Kittner retweeted. Elder was the one that said, ladies, I think you're safe. Uh, I mean, he didn't even quote the tweet. That's agonizing. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's a good idea if you're a state senator to tweet that, but again, we 
Why do we fire so many people over tweets? For re- and, and plus, it's not even. I mean, it's just saying, "Hey, I think this is kind of cute." Retweet. Yeah, and again, how easy. many times do you see uh, on someone's uh, Twitter bio it says, uh, "Retweets do not equal endorsements." Correct. I mean, you know, that I, is. God, we got to relax a little bit. All right, uh, good news for uh, for us and for people who watch Fox News mm. because we like to be informed and we like to have very smart people uh, informing us. Uh, Marie Harf. Yes. From the State Department. Uh, you remember her from some of the news conferences from the State Department. I do, yes. Uh, she's mm-hmm. so great. Uh, she's going to be uh, joining Fox News. Uh, there's Marie. Uh, she's going to be joining Fox News as a contributor. Got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, this is interesting because this happened throughout the Roger Ailes era. Wow. Take the person from the left, throw them on TV. They yeah. hired a lot of people yeah, who were power players on the left. Did. But I think now people are going to call about and say, wait a minute, what's going on? You Now that Roger Ailes mm-hmm. is gone, you're going to be hiring Marie Harf? I know. Uh, you know? <laughs> Come on. Now, I mean, mm-hmm. they've always had left-wing contributors. I mean, he hired some of the furthest left-wing people that you can possibly imagine uh, onto that uh, you know, uh, set. Not a lot of people who were... Uh, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hmm? Was I in the middle of a thought? I yeah, you were. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. You were all waiting to hear. Train of thought. <laughs> Not a lot of people who uh, were. He was, uh, Roger Ailes was famous in certain uh-huh. media circles uh-huh. uh, for hiring liberals who were not attractive. Huh. Uh, because Ooh. his idea was, really? I'm not well, saying this, this is, is not, true. This, this defeats your case. I mean, look at Marie. I mean, she's not, she's Marie not, is actually not a bad looking, I, I don't think she's not, bad looking. Yeah. Um, but That's I mean, I she, uh, but I mean, this is, I don't, th- I don't know that Marie, like, I, I actually think she's kind of good looking, actually. cute look right there. I mean, not, not all the time, but you know, <laughs> but the point is that that was not the, the MO of, uh, of no. Ailes. As reported, I don't mean to put words in his mouth. I'm sure he would <laughs> deny that, but like, there was a reason Hannity and Combs existed. There was a re- the idea was Hannity, this good-looking, clean-cut uh-huh. guy, uh-huh. the conservative versus Combs, who maybe was not quite as attractive. Huh. Strange. That was a theory. Hmm. Uh, there was. Yeah. Think of the liberal, the unattractive female liberal commentators you know, and think about where you've seen them. You've seen them in one place, largely. Mm. Uh, Fox News. Hmm. Okay. Again, that's the theory. I'm not saying there's any truth to that. All right. I mean, and obviously, when you talk about attractive conservatives. It wasn't always the case. He also hired Glenn Beck. Very true. <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. That true. is a good point. What else do we have in Jeffy time? Uh, for sure, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, DeVos. Oh, yeah. Uh, our, she uh, tweeted something about being at the inauguration. Yes. Uh, this is for you, Pat Gray, in particular, because most people okay. look at it and go, eh, you know, who cares? But uh, her tweet... And she wants to be uh, Secretary of Education. Right. I was just going to say, this is the Education Secretary, so you would think she'd be careful about it. She's nominated. She hasn't been confirmed Right, but she probably will be. So Uh, anyway, what's her tweet? Her tweet from the inauguration was graded uh, from people uh, questioning her ability to be uh, Secretary of Education. Mm. Uh, Honored to be... uh, Honored to witness the historical... Inaugur- the historical inauguration, inauguration and, and swearing-in swearing in ceremony, ceremony of the 45th president of the United States. the 45th president of the United States. And then okay. it was graded. So it should have been honored to witness the historic inauguration without being capitalized. <laughs> and uh, I guess they're saying the inauguration and swearing-in ceremony is the same. And swearing-in ceremony. Yes. Ceremony. 
Yeah, okay. No, four, right. and just inauguration. Um, inauguration of the 45th president of the United States. Plus, yeah, you're saying things that don't need to be said Correct. there. Uh, nice Not job, ideal. Betsy. Not ideal. Oh, that's cute. Nice she was, job. Uh, uh, that's cute. I mean, I, for, I've heard really good things about her from some people. I know Jeb Bush loves her, first, first of all. Absolutely. Well, yeah, they're both Common but, Core people. Right. Uh, so some Republicans uh, do like her. She says she's not a Common Core person. She did not perform well in the, no, she in the uh, hearing. It's an impossible situation. Uh, very difficult to pull that off. Uh, but, you know, you know it's, it's tough. You're, you're throwing her in and, the middle and of And if that. you're Betsy, look, I mean, she, her and her hubby are only worth about $5 billion. So you know she needs the gig. Are they really? Yeah. Like probably the poorest person Trump appointed. What does he do? Uh, <laughs> what does her husband do? Know. I don't Why know. Why do you assume the husband that. was the one that did something? Yeah. Because oh my she's in education, <laughs> and they don't usually make a lot of money. Oh, okay. That's a good answer. <laughs> That's a good comeback, <laughs> That's Patsy. That's a great answer. Uh, right? Uh, well, I mean, you know, you were just looking at the average salary of someone right. in the education. Exactly right. right. And, and you answered my question. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, so that was a little bit... Uh, yeah, just a cute story for but Pat, I mean, Mr. Uh, Mr. All right, Word what Smith. else you got? Uh, a couple, couple stories left uh, from today. Uh, one thing is, uh, in Pennsylvania, there's an opportunity for someone... Uh, to really put something together, a uh, Pittsburgh Mills Mall, mm -hmm. uh, originally $190 million, mm. uh, has been purchased for $100. A uh, full was, 100 A full $100. A whole bill. Uh, it was uh, wow. sent into foreclosure, mm. put up for auction, eh, 100 bucks. Now I'm sure there's plenty of taxes. Right, you're you're and, a lot of probably uh, God only knows what else you're picking all up. All kinds that of property. stuff picking up with that. But I mean, Still, I just find it funny that I mean, this is malls are dying. Is it, you bet they are. Uh, a Pittsburgh Mills. You bet they Pittsburgh are. Well, I got ITT Technical mm -hmm. Institute still in there. <laughs> no, I don't think there are anything in there anymore. I no, think... I think it is actually about half full still. Oh, still? Yeah, is it's okay. still operating. Now, a lot of these malls are just like, you know, graveyards, basically. Yeah, I mean, no you kidding. go in there, there's there's trees growing grow through the floor at this yeah. point. Uh, Pittsburgh Mills, it, my understanding was, because I saw the story, oh, I um, thought, I, 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 that they're I about half open, right. about is half that, filled. Is that, a, a, uh, is that an outlet store? Uh, a mall a like Grapevine Mills and right. Katie Mills Mall here in know. Texas. I wonder if it's the same Possibly. chain of people, because um, they usually do pretty well, good. They do Grapevine nice Mills. Mills. They do nice malls. Performing very well. Yeah. Uh, here, I don't know. I've never been to what Katie, Katie Mills. Yeah, it's a, it's nice. A little uh, bit same. older than Grapevine, but still um, very nice, and successful. Uh, all right, you got anything else? One or more. You one more that uh, okay. that's been burning up uh, burning up the story list for a couple mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. uh, we ran the video here a few months ago before we before the holidays, before the new year, of the man who stole the bucket of gold. Oh right, yes. And remember mm -hmm. the uh, remember the controversy over the guy in the truck, and we saw him go by, and he was casing the truck, yeah, and walking yeah. around, and then he ended up walking, taking it, and walking down the street and getting out of camera sight and everything. Well, he's been arrested. How'd they, they catch him? him? Oh no, they caught him. How'd they catch him? Uh, well, police. Uh, he had his picture uh, <clears throat> on the screen uh, a couple of times, and he mm -hmm. was known. To authorities. Oh, was he's he? been arrested yeah, like seven or eight times. Oh, wow. Uh, he'd been uh, deported three or four times back to his home country of Ecuador three, three or four times. So oh. I think what you're saying here is this was a worthwhile attempt. Because yes. Because if you're a normal, because part of it looked like he's a normal guy walking through the streets of New York City, sees this opportunity, Correct. just goes for it. If you're an already a criminal and could be deported at any minute, you go for the one billion dollars so of gold. Mm -hmm. He was missing. They thought they had him. They found him in Orlando. They kind of tagged him to Orlando. Then they tagged him to uh, Los Angeles, wow. and then they tagged him. Uh, they tried. To, he was missing for a while. 
The authorities in Ecuador arrested him. He, he made, he it, made, all, it, made, he made it all the way back. Dollars? And the authorities uh, worked wow. with us to arrest him in Ecuador. Yeah. Did they Did they get all the gold? Uh, no. no. No? I don't think so. The, uh, any of the gold? Uh, I don't think that. I don't know that the story said what they Was it a billion dollars him. worth? I forgot. I, I forgot think it was, was like $1.6 billion or something. Wasn't it crazy? No, like, no, uh, no, no, no. So, 1.6 so 1. 6 million. Million. Oh, 1.6 million. Okay, that's that still a lot said, of that money. Been, that would have been heavy. It's a lot, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 1.6 million is a lot. I think I saw uh, 1.6 billion. <laughs> You're talking about bringing in. A, you yeah, know, the police say they have recovered lift. Some of the money. some. I mean, I. Jeez. You know, obviously, I'm not some a criminal um, mm-hmm. that I, that you know of, um, and so I don't have the. Uh, oh, I would have done this in a heartbeat. Right, like I, like uh-huh. Jeffy, for example. Now, Jeffy, oh, you'd do it, right, Jeffy? You're obviously. You're, a being no you're gonna walk it. down the street and there's a bucket of gold and you're not gonna take it. I mean, look, Jeffy's. You're obviously a bad guy. You, you, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. <laughs> no, I'll just stop. Uh, <laughs> that was just an excuse to just trash you for five minutes, and there's no need to that. There's no need for that. You're too good. You're too wow, good of a person. Wow, seriously? You're too good of a person. You know? Seriously? No. No, okay. Good. Not seriously, Thank you. No. Uh, all right, real quick, let's take a look at the uh, 24 um, oh, yeah. Legacy trailer. Because this is a new guy. It's not Jack Bauer anymore. Right. After the Super Bowl, they're playing this thing, too. This, they're building, yeah. this is their yeah. big post Super Bowl. Yeah, this is the big show. So you got 24 episodes between now and summer. So this is going to sh- should be big. Uh, and here's a look at that series. I'm worried about you. You're barely eating or sleeping. Go, go, go. I think you gotta get past everything that happened to you over there. I'm okay. Are you? There she is. Beginning to think this whole thing was gonna happen without you. Don't worry, I know how important this is. It'll help us get into the White House. Come on. I want this to be your moment. You're gonna make a great first lady. Six months ago, former director of CTU Rebecca Ingram launched an assault on the compound of Ibrahim Ben Kli. I'd like to acknowledge the many dedicated people at CTU and the six army rangers who risked their lives to stop Bin Khalid from carrying out his threat to attack this country. This is for Bin Khalid. Yeah, Eric, Bin Khalid's people found us. What is it? Get to the attic now. Go, go. No matter what you hear, no matter what happens, you stay there. Oh boy. Nicole, we gotta go. Come on, Nicole, we gotta go. We're blown, Rebecca. Big Khalid's people found us. Big Khalid was planning an attack on US soil. Maybe this is a part of that. Mm-hmm. We're gonna kill a lot of people. I have to try and stop them. Why does it need to be you? I'm the only one I can trust. What the hell are you doing here? I need your help. No one can know where she is. There's a situation at CTU. Whatever's going on over there, it's not your job anymore. I'm the only one who can help. The life he says he wants with me, it'll never be enough for him. Ryan's just got on the number 13 bus. Stay on it. I got it. Get here. Then we better hurry. Next year, moving in. Actually, a couple weeks. The club resets. Mm. Looks like you had a rough morning. 
24 Legacy. I, mean, I don't know. I think yeah. it looks pretty good. I think I'm in. I think I'm I in, think too. I'm in. I, I hope, though. I hope the people at 24 aren't saying that Ben Khalid is Muslim. I hope they're not oh, saying why? that. They, they I hope not. he's from France or he's French-Canadian or, you know, maybe he's uh, from New Zealand. I don't know, but he'd best not be a Muslim. And you, one final note before we have to go to break. Mm-hmm. You sexist pick. Who? Betsy DeVos. Yeah. It's her money. No, it isn't. It's her money. She's in education. You She's in education. Okay, well, that's money. a surprise. What? Did she it's own what, a series of schools? Uh, well, well, it's kind of her money. Her dad was one of the founders of Amway. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, they have been a, a, cons- wow. a lot of big conservative donors for a really yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm. I'm all, right. I think I'm in on the 24th thing. I'm, uh, I'm in too. to give it a shot. Me too. That you looked know? good. I don't that, know that I'm going to stick through the entire season. If, if it's mediocre, I might bail. Yeah. But, uh, but that looked really good. Yeah, that looked good. More Pat and Stu coming up with another spoon. Yes, really? Episode. Oh, I love food. I love yes, food. Sir. I love food. I love food. Yes, I love food. I love food. I love food. It's I love just food. chips. Don't get too excited. Just We we'll have to talk about that wow. another day. Yes. Uh, today Hi. it is spoons time. We are making Yay! our way through the wonderful new selection of chips available to you at 7-Eleven. Oh, thank heaven! Yesterday for 7-Eleven. Yesterday we tried prime rib, which I was I gave what a two or four or something yeah. out of 18. I hated them um, so much I had to try the whole bag to make sure I hated them. them as much as I thought uh, I, I did. Like, I couldn't eat them that much. Uh, you did not give them a positive them. review, but then you ate the whole bag. <laughs> I just um, kept eating them. These are. Uh, I actually wound up I think liking them kind of, but yeah. this is hot Italian sausage, and I will right. say this: Boy, the, the smell, smell is smell is. Authentic sausage and peppers smell. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so is. let's give them a try here. we got about a minute left. Oh, man! I'm going to tell you. That tastes like... That tastes like sausage and peppers. It does. I like this better than the prime rib. Much better. Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, it's more... Yeah, those are it good. It tastes more like what it's supposed to. Yeah, it's got a little book. kick. Uh-huh. It's got the little sausage and pepper kick. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's got a... I'd call it a significant kick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. 7-Eleven... Much better. Southland Corporation. Really good, right man. Much better than the prime rib. I mean, if you like kind of a spicy potato chip, yeah. that's your boy right oh, there. Oh, yeah, that's really good. Hot Italian <laughs> sausage. Right there. That is your boy right there. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. Wow, I would give these. Yeah, these are at least 11 or 12. I think I'm going to give it like 15. a 15. I'm going to go 15 on a scale of 1 to 18. Mm, me too. Mm-hmm. These are delicious. Wow. Now, there's no cheese on Is that a cheesy flavor? So anything, you have to have cheese on anything on a chip to get and to I am right? disappointed that, uh, that, that you can eat them and they're supposed to be. Oh, I know. Yeah, products. they're, uh, ve- ve- you know, nerdy, vegetarian friendly. Wow. I got to try it. That's a damn good chip. Try these. Hot Italian sausage. Yeah. Really good. Wow.